little over 100 miles east of Charlotte and 70 miles south of the famous Triangle lays a quiet little town deep in the sand hills of North Carolina. The year is 1895, and this New England-style village is only a vision in the mind of a soda fountain inventor from Charleston, Massachusetts. This is Beyond the Green. I'm Eric Cooper. In 1862, James Walker Tufts patented and manufactured the Arctic Soda Apparatus, which was phenomenally successful. By age 45, James's company had already merged with three others to create the American Soda Fountain Company, and demands on his time were starting to take a toll on his health. James started to travel to Bermuda and Florida in the winter months to recover. Through these travels, he became troubled by the thought that most working-class New Englanders could not afford these long trips. James wanted to create a place a health resort for the working class, a place to recuperate from the ailments of the time. On one of his long trips back to Boston, James took a short detour to visit Southern Pines, a health resort founded by John T. Patrick. Patrick was kind enough to give James a tour of his facilities in the surrounding area. Most believed that the pined ozone could cure respiratory illnesses that were the result of the Industrial Revolution at the time. On this tour, James learned of a large parcel of land that was once a flourishing pine forest farmed for timber. What was left behind was a wasteland. It was desolate. Only a few pastures mixed in. The land seemed useless to most, but not to James. What he saw was a dream retreat. When he learned that he could buy 6,000 acres of this land for little more than a dollar an acre, he leapt at the opportunity. James sold his soda fountain company and used the money to begin building his village. Plans were drawn up and the New England style town he envisioned was ready to take shape. Construction began on a torrid summer afternoon in July of 1885 where men were already clearing the town site. The calming, curving roads began winding their way through town. James's men brought in over 220,000 seedlings to transform this flat, uninteresting, sandy landscape. By 1901, there was a general store, dairy farm, a boarding house, more than 20 cottages, the Holly Inn, and the Carolina Hotel. Local people originally called the new community Tough Town, but there were several changes to the name over time. Panelia, Sendelia, Pinealia, but one name stuck, and Pinehurst was born. The health resort idea faded to one of a recreational center for many sports. Riding, hunting, polo, lawn bowling, archery, and tennis. Even with so many activities to choose from, some guests were found hitting a small white ball around the cattle fields, playing a maddening game from Scotland. James decided to hire Dr. D. Leroy Culver to design and build a golf course for his guests. Culver designed and built the first nine holes. A year later, Pinehurst's first golf professional, John Dunn Tucker, was hired to add an additional nine holes, which later became known as Pinehurst No. 1. In 1900, a young Scottish golf professional was brought in to help direct golf operations at Pinehurst, but by happenstance changed golf history forever. This young professional was Donald Ross, and shortly after being brought on, he was commissioned to redesign Pinehurst No. 1. 
Borrowing from what Ross learned from growing up on the links of Dornish, Scotland, and using his experience as an apprentice under old Tom Morris back in St. Andrews, he made the crowned green his trademark. Even though Ross redesigned number one, number two became his alone. Bunkers appeared to have been found, not built, like they'd been there for centuries. Ross was keen on little earth moving. He liked to find courses, not build them. He went on to design number three, number four, and a rudimentary course for employees and caddies, but number two was his favorite. Ross said this course is a pet of mine, the finest test of championship golf I've ever designed. Ross would return to number two many times, making small changes here or there. But after losing out to Alistair McKenzie to design Augusta National, he rededicated himself to making number two the finest golf course in the South and the nation. He abandoned two weak holes and added two more, rebuilt and recontoured all of the greens, and replaced the sand putting surfaces with Bermuda grass. He also added several new tees and bunkers around the course. Like a painter making their final brushstrokes to a masterpiece, number two was finally done. Johnny Revolta said of number two during the 1936 PGA Championship, I don't see how a course could be any harder but at the same time, it's the most pleasant course I've seen. You have to play number two with your head as much as your hands. Ross went on to design and build 413 courses in his career, but number two is his crown jewel. Pinehurst has grown over the years, hosting some of the greatest golfers and golf tournaments in the world. Harry Varnon, Bobby Jones, Gene Sarazen, Byron Nelson, Sam Sneed, Ben Hogan, Arnold Palmer, Jack Nicholas, Johnny Miller, Tom Watson, Glenn Collette Vare, and Patty Berg have all played number two. Pinehurst hosted the PGA Championship, the Ryder Cup, the U.S. Amateur and Women's Amateur Championship, Tour Championships, the U.S. Senior Open, and the U.S. Open. Pinehurst also hosted both the U.S. Open and the U.S. Women's Open Championships in back-to-back -back weeks, making it the first time in history both tournaments were played on the same course in the same year. Pinehurst also grew their courses. Number 5, 6, 7, 8, and 9 came about through the years of 1961 and 1988. The Cradle is the newest course, built in 2017. It's a short course designed for an afternoon with friends and family, drinks and laughter, and what matters most in golf, enjoyment. Pinehurst has grown to be one of the largest golf resorts in the world. History has been made here. Heroes have been made here. The long hallways of the clubhouse whispered the legends of golf past. A long way away from a desolate wasteland that no one wanted or dreamed of what it could become except for one man. Tufts died on February 3rd, 1902 in his apartment at the Carolina Hotel, just eight days short of his 67th birthday. It is unfortunate that James didn't get to see what his vision became and what it is today. The history he started, the legends that came after, the countless memories made each year by golf enthusiasts from across the globe. A soda fountain inventor from Charleston, Massachusetts wanted to help his fellow man to create a health resort for people of modest means. Deep in the sandhills of North Carolina, in a quiet village away from the hustle and bustle of modern life, lives a magical place, the cradle of American golf, Pinehurst.
This episode of Beyond the Green was written by me, Eric Cooper. Music credits are in the show notes. Until next time.